This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. So if you have a mala practice then and uh, and you really want to unlock the shakti then once or twice a day you can do an entire mala of om dum durga yaya namaha and each beat of the mala really represents our own embodied mind our own um samsaric consciousness and um when we when we rub our hand over each beat of the mala and we say this om dum durga yaya namaha we should try and not just be speaking from here but from our heart and our mind it is said that when the heart and the mind they connect through the speech a yoga happens and so we should be like right like i can just say it from the mouth om dum durga yaya namaha i can just say it from the mind om dum durga yaya namaha and now watch om dum durga yaya namaha Did you catch that Jacqueline? Welcome to the Be Here Now guest podcast. This series features a collection of teachings and conversations centered around mindfulness, spiritual growth, and living a life in balance. Each week our diverse network of guest teachers and hosts offer up wisdom and practices from a different spiritual path and perspective. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash donate. Welcome everyone to the Ram Dass Fellowship live stream. Sorry, we're starting a little bit late, but we're so glad you're here. Also just wanted to say happy Martin Luther King Day. Not only a day that we celebrate this incredible human and leader, but also the day we celebrate prophets who fight for justice everywhere. I'm Jackie Dobrinska, the Director of um, Education and Outreach for Love, Serve, Remember Foundation. And you all, all of you tuning in, you're the Ram Dass Satsang, this sacred community of folks with hearts and minds and compasses pointed towards truth. So glad to be together tonight. And our purpose for this gathering is to hear from wisdom keepers of our time and share tools to navigate this human predicament in these times. You know, this idea that a thread of us is connected to that aspect of consciousness that's divine. And then we also have this part of us that's here navigating the curriculum. And uh, how do we do that with skill? So tonight, I'm so excited to be introducing Acharya Shunya. Um, Acharya Shunya, she's a wisdom teacher and a catalyst for empowering empowering health and elevating consciousness worldwide. Uh, she is an award-winning and internationally renowned author, speaker, and scholar of non-dual wisdom. And she's also a classically trained master of yoga and Ayurveda. And she's the first head of her 2,000-old Indian Vedic spiritual lineage. So she provides this rare opportunity to receive these authentic teachings from a genuine Vedic master with this very distinct down-to-earth and feminine flavor. Um, so really in this uh, embodiment and enjoyment. She's the president of the Awakened Self Foundation, uh, whose headquarters is in California. And she has several books, and her latest is Roar Like a Goddess, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. But before we jump in real quick, a couple of logistics. So for those of you turning in for the first time, we're going to be together for about 75 minutes. The first half, she's going to give us a, a talk. And the second half is a Q&A. So whatever platform you're watching from, whether it's YouTube or 
um, Instagram or the live stream, you can just type in to the chat uh, any of your questions. And then Gina, who's on the back end, will give them to me and I will read them. So with that, just invite you to sit back, settle into your body, begin to relax a little bit, maybe get out of the momentum of your day and open our hearts and our minds and welcome this amazing wisdom keeper as we come together throughout the world, through space and time to deepen into these teachings and practices. So welcome. You're still muted. Go ahead. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Jacqueline. And namaste everyone, Jema. Today is a beautiful day to be talking about unlocking our divine feminine Shakti. This very special day that remembers that Shakti in the body being of Martin Luther Jr. King. And I want to talk about a goddess from the Vedic Indian tradition, Goddess Durga who represents a special kind of power that stands up every single time for what is right, what is just, and what is worthy, dharma, for all beings. And I'm very sure that Durga, which is a universal imperative to rise and ascend into our true power and operate from there. The kind of power that is not based in egoic um, identifications, but in our greater consciousness, that power was behind this great leader. So I bow to the Lord, to the goddess Durga and to the great leader who has shown humanity a way forward. Yadevi Sarubhuteshu Shakti Rupeda Samsita Namastasyai 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 Namo Namaha To that goddess who is in all beings, who abides in the, the heart of all beings as Shakti, as power. Salutations to her, salutations to her, salutations to her again and again. In the Vedic tradition, in the Vedas, again and again, we say, Namastase, 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 Namo Namah. We salute again and again because we are bowing and recognizing not just from the body, by physically bowing, not just from the mind, but all the way to our soul, there is a deeper recognition of, um, of a divine capacity which is completely feminine. So it's interesting that almost universally, all cultures have recognized nature as mother. They have recognized similarly in the feminine power, specifically in the Vedic tradition. So Durga is a goddess who is not borrowing power from divine masculine or other sources, but she is power incarnate. If we were to imagine nature in an incarnate form, then we would see the divine mother. Similarly, if we were to imagine power as a mother, then that gives birth to Durga. Dehi Sobhagya Marogyam, Dehi Devi Param Sukham, Rupam Dehi Jayam Dehi, Yasho Dehi Dusho Jai. So goes the Vedic fascination with this goddess and we ask her, this goddess Shakti, this goddess of power, Sobhagyam the good fortune to enjoy good health because health requires shakti, power. Uh, param sukham, divine health, spiritual health, spiritual happiness. Again, that requires power to even go forth in our spiritual journeys. 
We ask her for the gift of rupam, good looks, healthy, happy looks, because that requires power to even enjoy and cultivate well-being, beauty and fertility and health. We ask for Durga Jayam, victory. We ask for her Yasha, uh, uh, positive fame of Dharma. And we ask her to remove all our obstacles. So there is a conception of a complete divine feminine entity known as Shakti. Shakti means power. Shakti also means the divine mother. Shakti comes from the Sanskrit truth word Shakta, which means to enable. And it is she who enables each human heart, no matter what our gender, binary, non-binary. She enables also the joy that a caterpillar must be experiencing in a caterpillar body and the power that a, that a tiny caterpillar must be experiencing in its caterpillar body to become gradually the butterfly. So this, this Shakti uh, comes to us in various forms, Lakshmi, Saraswati, Kali, Parvati, but very special form of Shakti uh, that's connected to our personal power and our community power and our universal power and the good power specifically, not the egotistical power that involves unfairness, injustice, tussle, suffering, and ultimately alienation from our own being. This is the good power and the source of that is Goddess Durga. So I decided that in this short lecture, I will focus upon Goddess Durga. And that is why I'm beginning with her uh, verses to her so that we can begin to unlock um, unlock the doorways and we can proceed further from an egocentric power, understanding of power to a fundamental understanding of power as a divine feminine power that is equally available to all of us. It is the inheritance of all her sentient children. And it's not a matter of, do you have power? It's a matter of, have you, are you connected with that power or not? Do you understand the imperatives of that power, what it's asking of you? And as a result, do you have spiritual agency or not? Uh, so when we don't understand it, sometimes we see Shakti as Durga, mm, as the dark Kali. And then she, uh, it will seem like she's instrumenting a dissolution of our ego, the dark night of the ego, not the soul. And, uh, but yet it's really in her extreme kindness that she's telling us to let go of this fistful of power that we're holding on to like children saying, mine, my power, and letting it go to allow for a greater cosmic power, uh, which is feminine, which is collaborative, which is intuitive, which is wise, which is ultimately for the benefit of you and all beings to emerge from within and provide you the strength, the protection, and the shakti you need to make that transformation. Durga is sometimes known as the warrior goddess. Uh, that's because she's shown to go to war in Vedic mythology for the restoration of power uh, from, because we see a tussle in mythology between characters which are usurping power, which are, which are allowing power to go to their head, which are um, allowing the power to, um, to be morphed and owned and hoarded and unleashed by the ego versus the characters who are using the power to serve, who are using the power to remain in touch with their greater reality, who are ultimately trustees of the universe and not its abusers and rapers. As a result, this goddess is often seen go to battle to protect 
the characters that represent light and to teach those children who have lost their way that they can find the light within. So though we see duality of dark and light here, the goddess represents the non-dual position and all can reach that non-dual position. From a yogic mystical perspective, she represents the kundalini energy within us. And ultimately, Durga as Shakti is the guardian goddess, the beautiful queenly motherly goddess, the divine mother. She holds various weapons in her iconography. She's shown to have at least eight hands, if not 10. And she often holds various kinds of weapons, a spear, a mace, a discus, a bow, a sword, a hammer, a rope. But she's often also holding a conch to represent the sacred sound and a lotus to represent sacred awakening and a mala to beckon us towards a meditative, mindful journey. This goddess is often astride a lion, and it is said that the lion is her vana, a transporter, but the transporter is not a beast of burden, but um, a vana is an, ex- a, an animal or bird extension of the deity herself. So the lion or the lioness, sometimes she also rides a tiger or a tigress. These big cats are really representative of what? The, that they are representative of brute power, animalistic power, raw power. And guess who's riding it? Who's riding it is Durga. And so what she's asking us is to ride our power as a sovereign being and not be morphed by it or a change um, and become uh, distorted by it but to truly ride it. And in my book, Roar Like a Goddess, I talk about riding the instincts for domination to be truly emotionally, spiritually sovereign. And we have a mythology in which um, the, the, the characters that represent light known as the devas are being seriously threatened by the characters that represent, that represent absence of that light known as Asuras. These characters run to the divine masculine gods represented by the trinity of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. And they say, oh, because power is feminine, we need a feminine channel for this. We need divine mother. And by the way, in the Rig Veda, we come across all the male gods being children of the divine mother, Aditi. So it's not the first time that we come across the divine feminine Uh, We understand and we see how the divine feminine comes to the rescue, support and protection of the divine masculine. And through all their righteous rage, the rage that's born of dharma, which is not only, it's not unconscious, but conscious and even super conscious, that rage coalesces into a beautiful light and a beautiful figure of a woman, and that is Durga. And Durga wins the battle against a very seriously dangerous Asura known as Mahishasura. And when she when she wins this battle over nine nights and nine days, that is known as the days of the Navratri or the goddess festival. On the 10th day, she comes through victorious. And when she comes through Victoria, she promises all of us in a beautiful hymn that she will always appear in the world and protect us. When anybody calls out to her, she didn't say, when you call out to me in the geographical boundaries of India and you only follow a certain religion and eat a certain diet, I will come to you. She says, I dwell within you and just like I emerge from the bodies of the gods, I will emerge from your being and remind you of your um, of your greater power, your greater shakti, and your greater opportunity, and I will help you succeed. So we turn to her in crisis traditionally, but she also, it's not just about crisis face outwardly, we need to unlock our shakti. But sometimes those asuras are, and I talk about it in my book, 
our inner asuras of self-doubt that obstruct our own power, of low self-worth that question, who are we to really wield this power? We own this creative project or be this person with a different opinion. And this is where once again, we need to utilize the goddess Durga archetype and remember that she dwells within each one of us and we are all sleeping Durgas, no matter what be our gender. And that Durga wants each one of us to act from power. And this power does not have to be earned. It is ours. And we have to transform our ego from being that of a doubting one to being that which is supportive of our dharmic journey. So she removes those obstructive forces towards our journey to enlightenment and self-actualization and self-realization. In fact, it is said that when Durga makes us strong and steady. That is when we become really stable and strong and sincere and committed seekers because a spiritual journey is no less arduous and we need a special power, Durga's power, to bless us through that journey. There are many tests along the way. And then she herself becomes Lakshmi to show up as our teacher. And then she herself becomes Saraswati to be the, become the wisdom that emerges from the teacher's mouth uh, or his or her pen. As a result, it is really Durga herself who's giving us different kinds of power, biological, physical, social power, um, financial and um, and relationship power, emotional power, and then finally the power of uh, yoga, the power of um, great teachings, wisdom, intuition, inner silence, sadhana. So we may not realize that our battles are going on and and that these battles are are important for our growth, but they are happening. But the question is, is our power locked or unlocked? And this is where I, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a little bit from my book now, which says that what is this power like when it's connected with the goddess, when it's divinely sourced, then it's self-existing. It's not borrowed from parents, from, from anyone, from other authority figures. It's yours. It's self-celebrating rather than self-effacing. It's self-validating rather than needing to be externally validated. Otherwise, it extinguishes. It's infinite and it grows with expression. It's not unlimited supply. Um, it's rather bold. It's not fearful. It's equal. It makes us equal, not superior or inferior. It makes us self-aware, but not self-conscious. It makes us vulnerable, but not defensive. It helps us share, not become hoarders. It makes us really original in our creativity, not copycats. It generates flow rather than struggle. It's peaceful, not worrying constantly. This power is flexible, not rigid. It's abundant, not scarce. It unifies, it's not divisive. It's rather adorned if you've seen Hindu goddesses, but it's not garish. It is critiquing positively, constructively, but it doesn't criticize negatively, uh, unconstructively. It's direct, but it's not harsh. It enjoy, this power helps us enjoy wellness rather than illness. It helps us cultivate a life of joy, not sorrow. And ultimately, in my book I wrote, this power roars. We don't have to meow anymore. So, and of course, um, this gives you a glimpse of the kind of power I want to introduce you to. It's a feminine conception of power. It's not anti-masculine power because Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati, these goddesses, they work in beautiful communion with their consorts. And Shakti is half of Shiva and Shiva is the completion of Shakti. And we have a beautiful concept of a deity who's half Shiva, half Shakti. 
known as Ardhanarishwara. So this is not about competition with the masculine, but this is about the blossoming of the feminine in every being. And that is why I'm really proud that in the culture that I grew up in, in India, men proudly have feminine names of the goddess and they call themselves Durga. There's countless men, millions who call themselves Durga or Lakshmi or Saraswati or Kali. Um, Perhaps India may be the only land where men have... uh, feminine names, but these are names of their mother. So if you are feeling powerless, if you've given away your power, if you've never had power to begin with, if you're afraid of another's power over you, if you are misusing your own power and you're aware of it and you want to change that, if you don't know how to use your power as a force of good, if you don't have courage to stand up for your power, if you need strength to recover your power, If you're afraid of people, authority figures, ghosts who generally feel afflicted by people who are jealous of you. If you're needing to learn to say no when you want to, and because you keep saying yes. If you're low on courage in any area, then chant this. Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. Dum is a seed sound. It has no translation. It's only a vibration. And that vibration unlocks the Shakti within you. Om Dum Durga Yenama Om Dum Durga Yenama And if you have mudras like the Jnan Mudra up here, you can hold it like this. Or you can put your two hands on your heart. Or you can be in Abhay Mudra and bless your own self. Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. The sound is enough to remove the vibrations of fear and self-doubt and to arouse with a new courage. I remember when I would be bullied by children sometimes, as all kids have to face sometime or the other. I would sim- I wouldn't even have the time to say Om Dum Durga Yai Nama. So I would walk down the corridor saying Om Dum Om Dum Om Dum, and I'd make it. And uh, and and I came away unscathed. And I share in my book how I would, in my mind, ride my lion to school like a little goddess. And that imagination itself gave me strength. And a girl who used to bully me kind of just wouldn't make eye contact with me. (laughs) Jayanti Mangla Kali Bhadra Kali Kabalani Durga Kshama Shivadhatri Swaha Swadha Namostrate to the giver of the dom sound, which is really a key to unlock the shakti within. I remember Jayanti. These are the names of Durga, of shakti. Jayanti is one who is ever victorious and makes us victorious. Mangala, who is the bestower of auspiciousness, and she bestows upon us good luck. Good luck. Kali, who is beyond time and helps us connect with that beyond time essence of ourself. Bhadra Kali, who is a controller of life and death, and as a result helps us understand the purpose of our journey. And this human avatar, Kapalani, who is wearing a garland of skulls, really means a garland of disillusioned ego moments. Salutations to that Durga, who is Shiva, who is ever auspicious, who is the self, who is Kshama, the embodiment of forbearance, who is Dhatri, the mother of all beings, who is Swaha and Swadha, 
that final offering in the Vedic fire ceremony. Indeed, I can say to you that when I have had to personally face obstacles outside me in the form of institutions such as patriarchy, whenever I've experienced um, arrogance and insensitivity and, 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 and cruelty even sometimes because the life is big and we meet these ignorant people sometimes or the other. Then I have remembered Durga and I imagine her as if emerging from the clouds on a lion wearing a red flaring sari, holding her weapons and saying, here, hold them in your hand. And each hand I would then hold the power, the power to speak my truth, the power to write an email that was, uh, that was going to make me proud, the power to write a blog, the power to uh, walk away, the power to um, say it as it is, call a spade a spade. So all these weapons are my weapons while I was holding the lotus of awakened consciousness and the mala of authenticity and mindfulness. And as a result, this goddess could help you face those bullies outside you. But sometimes when it was my own egoic monsters that were getting bigger and bigger and creating some sense of a delusion, when I could feel this restlessness and confusion within me, then as a spiritual seeker prior to becoming a teacher, and even now, whenever I'm restless, I ask for Durga to come unlock the power of viveka, clarity, of vairagyam, of detachment, to be able to see what is the truth and be not caught up in the drama because creating dramas is the speciality of our minds. But the truth can only be known by the eyes of the soul. As a result, I have to say that Durga outside and Durga within has unlocked Shakti. And I really hope as I come to the end of my talk, that whenever you feel that you're caught up either through obstacles outside you, which are holding you back and blocking your power with uh, so many obstacles, or you are blocking yourself from within through, through repetitive um, uh, self-doubt, through being through being almost uh, afflicted with memories and trauma, then that is when you can call upon Durga through her mantra, Dum, Om, Dum, Durga, Namaha. And as a result, evoke uh, Shakti within. As a final word, I can say that You can use your own breath as a tool to invoke the goddess. With each inhalation, you can draw in her shakti, her empowering shakti coming into you. And with each exhalation, you can let go of the obstacles that were holding you back, that were simply covering up your shakti, just like clouds cover up the sun. But no matter how many clouds are in the sky, and how dark everything is, the fact is that the sun is still shining. In the same way, your shakti, your shakti for dharma, artha, kama, moksha, for self-realization and self-actualization is intact. And you can use the breath as a way to connect with Durga without and within and evoke the energies of the divine feminine within you. Evoke and invoke Durga within you, and then act as a modern-day Durga would. In my book, Roar Like a Goddess, I compare Roar to the authentic voice. I have written it for people who have, who have systematically uh, been eroded of their power, who have been conditioned and scripted, to play a second role, to play only supportive role and not discover what was the unique purpose for which they were born, why they took this human avatar. Because this is such a universal situation. 
I wanted um, every such person to find their authentic voice and I could only compare it to the roar because in the Devi Mahatma, which is a scripture of the goddess from India, because the goddess and her big cats are really one, sometimes the goddess in battle mode would make these uh, cat sounds and they would sound like this... when she was like upset. Uh, And when she's upset, then she's channeling righteous rage. And when she's channeling righteous rage, the asuras outside and the asuras inside better watch because she has no patience for delusory, egoic um, obstacles to the light. And so I imagined our true sound to be that. I was wondering, because a part of me is playful, if you would like to make that sound like a cat, like the goddess Durga, who means business. Let's do it three times. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed yourself. Jayama, this is the way I greet and begin and end my talks often at my Vedic school because Jayama means hail the Divine Mother, that mother within us who has kindly gifted us infinite Shakti to not lead broken, damaged, eternally afraid lives, but to lead bold, strong, fulfilled, joyful and playful lives. To that mother, whose mythology that I have explored in my book has shown us that there is a different way. Thank you, Mother, for role modeling it. Jayama, and may you also benefit from her presence, her mantra, and her stories. This is my blessing for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I don't know how many people out there are having the same thought of, wow, I needed to hear that today. I, I was walking around today making that noise, not knowing that I needed this exact <laughs> download this, this evening. So thank you so much for bringing your wisdom um, and just like a snippet of it too. There's so much in this book and so much that you offer. And so to have such a succinct and um, expanding 30 minutes or so is really, really um, a gift. Um, can you hear me okay? My, my mic is having a few issues. So I just want to make sure. You oh, can yeah, hear. I can hear you okay. Yeah. I just want people out there who are watching to know that um, if you have any questions, feel free to write them in the chat and then Gina is going to send them to me and then I can ask Acharya Shunya. Um, so if anything comes up, um, but you are so, so succinct. Um, one of the things, you know, you talk about the mantra and, 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 the, and the imagination um, and those being, and the breath and those being some of the practices. And I'm curious if there's, you know, like there's so much on mantra. Um, if there's anything else you want to share about that practice, um, when or how, or just, you know, whatever feels right to share. So if you have a mala practice then, and, uh, and you really want to unlock the Shakti, then once or twice a day, you can do an entire mala of Om, Dum, Durga, Yaya, Namaha. And each beat of the mala really represents our own embodied mind, our own um, samsaric consciousness. And um, when we when we rub our hand over each beat of the mala and we say this Om, Dum, Durga, Yaya, Namaha, we should try and not just be speaking from here, but from our heart and our mind. It is said that when the heart and the mind, they connect through the speech, a yoga happens. And so we should be like, right, like I can just say it from the mouth, Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. I can just say it from the mind, Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. And now watch. Om Dum Durga Yai Namaha. Did you catch that, Jacqueline? Because mm-hmm. I feel it. Yeah. And so you want to be in a state of yoga while doing it. And it's going to be the best thing you could do for yourself uh, to lead an empowered life. And no matter no matter how assertive and strong you are in the world, 
you know, everybody is afraid deep inside. And so many of my students turn to me, but then I turn to the mother. I can curl up like a child and say, I'm afraid. I don't know what's my next step. Om Dum So she, there's no limit to how much she unfolds. And this power that comes in because it's feminine, it's very quiet and it just comes in and it changes the perspective and it reminds you of your spiritual opportunities and whether you're speaking up as a result of it or choosing to be quiet, either way, it's an empowered position. So there, it's, there is never a time when you don't say this mantra because I'm too powerful. It's going to take me over the top. There is no such thing because if you have too much power, it may be your egoic power. There's nothing called too much of the Durga power of Shakti. If you have a lot of power, then you become a Martin Luther King and change the world for us. Thank you very much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. And I love when you went through the the different qualities because it really was this like centered, you know, like the the, the potency of power rather than the the ego. And um, one of the questions that has come up from um, our chats is uh, Nicole from Instagram is sort of asking about that difference of of true power and egoic power. And I would want to sort of flush that out more and like how you know we're all inside our heads all the time and our hearts and this fear like discerning you know what's what I'm curious if you could talk more a little bit about true power versus ego power Nicole I hope you get to read my book The Roar Like a Goddess and Sovereign Self which talks a lot about this distinction but in short I can say that um Ego is a really just borrowed power. It's a little construct that is that is based on a, on a, on the mind seeing itself in the body and thinking I'm just this limited body. So by nature, by default, this power is based on the body. Is the body um, you know? Is the body acceptable, liked? Um, popular and based on that the power changes up and down whereas the soul power or the goddess power or shakti it does not change and that's why a person who's working on soul power can speak their truth or lead the world and change the world even if they are the only one voting for themselves because it's not based on outer validation it's completely based on an inner conviction that's fiery with the blessings and grace of the goddess. When Nelson Mandela sat by himself for 22 years in the prison, he continued to believe in himself. That's because he was not working from an egoic imperative, but the imperative of the soul. The ego starts and stops, gets scared, panics, vomits, has loose motions and whatnot. When we're talking about the egoic power, it's it's a frenzy, it's insanity, it's a trance. The soul power, no matter if you're alone or you're being challenged, the stronger you become, the more your face glows and the more shakti you flow. And you'll find that the whole universe is supporting you in strange, unique and unexpected ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I love the, the, I, the trance really hits, right? That the trance we get into. Um, and it is interesting when we do these practices, how the universe conspires, like all of a sudden things really shift without us making, without us like striving and contriving and pushing um, quite often, it seems. Oh, absolutely. So well said. Yes. Um, and there's a few people who are turning and tuning in late and they're curious if you would repeat what the mantra is. I know you said it earlier, but if you would say it one more time. So the first... Um Sound is Om, which is the universal consciousness. And in that universal consciousness, then we chant Dum. Uh, it's D-U-M, but it's not. It's Dum. Dum. And Dum is like in that universal consciousness, we're targeting Shakti, Durga. Durga Yai Namaha. Durga Yai is her name. And Durga itself is a mantra. Durga, it's a mantra and it means open the door. Mm. Durga ye namaha. Nama means I bow. And when we say namaha, it's not just a I bow means I'm saying hello or I bow because it's a traditional Eastern culture. I bow means I bow my ego and, mm. and allow for the higher power to come in. So Namaha, when we say Om Namaha Shivaya, this Namaha is not Namaste to Shiva, but really I surrender my egoic um, arithmetic and gymnastics to that greater Shakti. And love how you say that because I think it's so easy for, you know, a lot of Western mind conditioning has this like shame, shame and blame, right? And so often when we start to get into ego, like I can almost hear like the shame come in like, oh, I need to just get rid of that because it's terrible and I'm then I'm awful, which is just another side of the ego, right? And so this idea of um, the gymnastics of the ego and turning it over to something um, just bigger, there seems to be more of a ah around that. And that's the beauty of it, that though she... Though she teaches the asuras a lesson, but when the asuras touch her or come close to her, they become self-realized. So it's like even the dark, dark characters in the Durga movie, they seem to be um, ultimately cared for. Mm. It's like our divine mother is not judging us. She's just showing us the path. Yeah. Love that. Divine Mother. So she does, right? Uh, so you spoke of the name, and the, uh, Connie on Instagram has a question around the relationship between uh, Durga and Parvati. Because you mentioned it briefly, and you talked about um, Saraswati and um, Lakshmi, but I'm not sure you mentioned Parvati. Parvati is the spouse of Shiva, and it's interesting that Durga emerges from the third eye of Parvati, and Kali emerges from the third eye of Durga. So they are really all one. Parvati is the physical body. Durga is the intelligence, the mind of the goddess, and Kali is the soul. Like, they're all connected, Mm. you know? Parvati is the outer, she's the mom, she's the wife, right? She's playing all those roles. She's cooking for Shiva. She's rearing her kids, Ganesha, Kartike, and her daughter, and their daughter, Ashoka Kumari. And then she's saving the world. <laughs> now she's Durga. And then when Durga's had it, she births Kali. And Kali's dark as the dark, um, you know, when um, the dark space and she's naked because she represents raw truth, no illusions, no delusions, Mm -hmm. no clothing to cover up Mm -hmm. what's the reality. And so these three are really one goddess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always think of Kali as uh, she'll cut your head off to save your own life. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) hopefully we can get it before that but um uh sarah asks on facebook when i pray i feel like i'm very frequently doing it to ask for help and part of me feels that i shouldn't be asking for help um if i don't pray equally as much in thanks or on behalf of others 
And she's like, does Durga care about this or is my ego getting in the way? Durga is your mother. Who else will you ask for things but Durga? But now I want to resort to Bhagavad Gita, which is my source text. And in Bhagavad Gita, in chapter 16, in verse 7, it is clarified that there are four kinds of seekers. There is one seeker who is distressed and asks for help. And that is that is completely acceptable. Who else to ask but that divine reality from which you have emerged and you will go back to? So they owe it to you to take care of you. Ask. Number two is those who have needs like, hey, I don't have a house. I don't have a job. I need some money to pay for my um, health insurance. Ask. Number three is those who are jignyasu or who are curious about metaphysical questions. They go into these teachings to understand life, death, transcendence, ego, truth. We even had 30 minutes of it and you're asking deep questions. And the fourth one is known as a jnani. And these people, when they sit in front of the goddess, God, their altar, and their version of the God and goddess, and they close their eyes, and they forget their suffering, and they forget to ask what they wanted to ask, and they become quiet, and they connect within. So all these experiences are possible. All of them are valid. And you're talking to your own divine parent. Please don't be self-conscious. Um, Zoe on Instagram, she asks, why might someone feel drawn to work with Kali? Come again, Jacqueline? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Zoe. She's on Instagram. And she's asking, we had been talking about Kali. And she was asking, like, would, would someone feel drawn to work with her? Like, why might you want to work with this particular dark aspect of the Divine Mother? Because she represents the greatest truth with no illusions. She represents what it means to be when one has gone beyond the ego and it's... Um, um, half-truths because she represents that ultimate state of mukti or moksha or nirvana. So to be attracted to Devi Kali, Devi Durga, Devi Parvati, all of this really is um, um, your unfinished business from other lifetimes. These deities are archetypes representing the work of the soul. Yeah. Um. Thank you. This is great. Um, there, you had, you, you know, earlier you were talking about, uh, you know, the feminine uh, divine mother qualities, but also this not being anti-masculine. Um, and you, you know, I'm just curious. You know, you also talked about being non-dual, and it's everyone has both of it. Um, and you also talked about uh, her having like sort of protective. I almost, uh, the word that came to mind was like womb-like, this like protector quality. Um, and often that's sort of associated with like masculine, like a directive um, protector. And I'm just curious if you want to unpack the masculine feminine aspect more. I think this, we must give credit to the Vedic seers who are both men and women, known as rishis and rishikas, that they recognize the role of the sun and the moon. And the divine masculine, the divine feminine. And while protection is typically the role of the male in in, in like um human and animal avatars, and so and 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 Lord Shiva, Vishnu, uh, and um, Brahma are not weak either. They don't need protection as such. But it is understood that this whole universe has emanated from Divine Mother. So there, um, there is a recognition of the womb. And um, when we are in Upanishads, you know, we go beyond the womb and masculine, feminine to talk about pure consciousness. But when we come from that pure non-dual perspective into a duality, then we can say that divine masculine and feminine operate, but it is understood 
that the male has some debt to the female womb. And as a result, and this womb is a self-created, it doesn't need a sperm. It's like it's this womb is genesis, is the is is the creative womb. And here uh, the name of the mother goddess is Aditi. And Aditi literally means the infinity. So all of it is symbolic. Uh, you know it, Jacqueline, in the Vedic text. It's not so, it's not like people, like there was a woman called Aditi who gave birth to Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. It's like infinity has these three children called Brahma, which is the creative power, Vishnu, which is the sustenance power, and Shiva, which is the dissolution power. And Aditi is the is infinity and connected to these male gods, protecting them in a unique way as only because protection requires Shakti. So she is the Shakti that enables even these gods to be gods. So there is a slight, um, a slight, um, extra value to the divine feminine. And I think it's a refreshing change in the Puranic literature towards the goddesses. So Durga is the power of transformation, uh, which, which is symbolized by Shiva in his Toto. And Saraswati is the power of uh, wisdom that leads to creation, which is represented by Brahma. And Lakshmi is the power of fertility and abundance and prosperity and sexuality, which is then um, represented by Vishnu. But who is enabling all this? Shakti, as Durga, as Lakshmi, as Saraswati. It's a bit nuanced, but I hope it makes some. It moves the conversation along. Yeah, you know, one of the things it brings up, and I'm not sure how related it is, but this is what came up for me, and it is this idea of um, transcendence and imminence, right? And how, and um, I think in a lot of spiritualities, there's this like um, focus on transcendence of these, like this world. And, And when I think of the divine feminine, I think more of imminence of like being in this world and like the Shakti to be here and have power in this realm as well as all the other realms. I'm not sure if that totally relates, but it's sort of what came up as you were talking about the, the nuance of those. Um, yeah. Uh, Aries on YouTube, she asks, what is the best way someone can start working with the Divine Mother? Is it mantra or is there more than that? Mantra is a great place to start. You can also start noticing Divine Mother in nature. And uh, you can start respecting yourself more as her daughter, as her child, whatever be your gender. And then reading some books um, can be a good way to start connecting to their stories because their stories have been told over thousands of years. And those stories bring, bring alive their symbolism, their teaching, And I'm a big one for, and I guess this is where I'm different from um, other acharyas of my tradition, where they were, where they were um, comfortable with worshiping the goddess. And I've grown up in a home uh, where we have a ancient, several hundred year old temple of the goddess. So from my childhood onwards, birth onwards, I was worshiping them, but. I try to break down their wisdom for the modern person so that the goddess can come a few notches down and the humans can go a few notches up and we can meet and we can become the modern embodiments of the goddess. So if you want to work with Kali or Durga or Lakshmi or Saraswati, I suggest exploring a little more about them, understanding their iconography, what are they holding, what does that represent? But if you're especially excited about Durga after today's um, listening, then she may be calling to you and uh, you can just turn to her like a little child. You don't need a PhD to call in the goddess. She's already there. 
<laughs> and curl up on her lap. Um, yeah. It's, and is there any sort of last things you want to leave us with? Um, messages that you'd like to leave this group with around Durga or any of this that we've talked about tonight? I'd just like to chant a favorite chant of mine to close this. And I want to thank the Ramdas Foundation for this beautiful opportunity. May the mother be with you on this special day and always. Om Sarva Mangala Mangalyei Shive Sarvartha Sadike Sharanetriyambake Gauri Narayani Namostute Narayani Namostute Narayani Namostute Narayani means the one who is dwelling in the heart of all sentient beings. And you are, O oh Goddess, the cause of Mangalam, of happiness, of joy. You are Shiva, the ultimate auspicious one. Please make my life and the life of all beings full of auspiciousness and joy. This is our prayer to the goddess Durga, to the goddess Shakti and how many avatars is Kali, Parvati, Saraswati and Vashti. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so incredibly nourishing and deep. And I know that I'm going to come back and rewatch this several times. So any of you that out there who want to, you can find that at ramdas.org slash livestream.replays. Um, and this book is amazing. Uh, and I definitely want to check out this Sovereign Self. So any of you out there who want to check those out, you can find that at uh, acharyashunya.com. Those will be in the chats so you know how to um, spell that. Um, also, we offer these to you all for free. It's one of the things we love to do um, to just keep spreading wisdom. And we live in this world. So uh, financial support is important as well. If you're able to donate, please text SATSANG, S-A-T-S-A-N-G to 91999, or there's a link in the chat where you can donate as well. Any amount is super helpful so that we can keep these sort of events open for everyone. Um, if you want to connect with community face-to-face -face virtually, uh, we do have twice a month Zoom calls where we discuss the Here and Now episode by Ram Dass. Um, the next one's February 7th. Uh, we also have lots of other affinity groups that you can sign up for. So check that out at ramdass.org slash fellowship. And then um, we talked a lot about... Uh, mantra and japa meditation this evening. Um, there's lots of different kinds of meditation. And right now, uh, there is a 10-day meditation series with Ram Dass and many notable teachers called Pause, Breathe, and Be Here Now. It's hosted by Commune, uh, a video course platform for personal and societal well-being, along with Be Here Now uh, Network and Love to Remember Foundation. So it's Ram Dass and Jack Kornfield and um, Tara Brock and Ram Dev and Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg. So between January 16th and 25th, you can sign up at onecommune.com slash Ram And that's spelled out uh, O-N-E commune.com. So I think those are all of our announcements. And just thank you all so, so much for being here, for being part of the Ram Dass community, for being interested in these incredible teachings. And again, thank you, Acharya Shunya, for, for sharing your, your wisdom and roaring like a goddess, as you do. <laughs> May these teachings benefit all beings. Take care. Be well.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.